0: Uh, well, good morning. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Chris. I'm uh, one of the ministers here, and uh, it's wonderful to see you all here uh, this morning. Um, as Sarah said, our um, odd theme for the day is fear, or do not be afraid. And um, that might seem a little odd at Easter, but hopefully uh, that may come a little clearer to you as, um, as over the next 10 minutes or so. Um, before I get going, can I, can I pray? Lord Jesus, we uh, just praise you as King of kings and Lord of lords, and uh, on this Easter day we just stand amazed uh, at um, just your great love for us, um, and your power, and um, just everything that it means to uh, have the God of the universe die for us, yet offer us new life in the hope of the resurrection. Uh, So God, we want to praise you this morning, we want to draw closer to you and uh, worship you uh, more and more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah, so fear, or do not be afraid. That's a little bit unexpected, um, isn't it, for Easter? It's not really what you associate um, with the Easter day, maybe a little bit more with Good Friday. It's quite brutal, everything going on with Jesus there. Um, But as I was thinking about Easter, and as I was thinking about fear, there's one aspect of Easter that we're not afraid of, that I think we should be more afraid of. Alright? Brace yourselves for it. I've got to turn this on, don't I? Always forget to turn this on. It's the suspense. It's building. What should we be afraid of? Oh, no. Look at it. Terrifying. <laughs> Horrible. Vicious. Are you afraid? You should be. Look. (laughs) Think about Easter bunnies. You don't think of something this scary, do you? Absolutely horrific. Right? We should be afraid of bunnies. Look at it. Goodness me. Bunnies, bunnies, bunnies. In fact, we call them bunnies, I think makes them less scary than they actually are. Um, They are terrifying. There have been hints over the years that we should be afraid of bunnies, Easter bunnies. Uh, In an historic movie, the fear of bunnies was brought out. You might know uh, these characters. The characters from the documentary Monty Python and the Quest for the Holy Grail. (laughs) They met a bunny. It wasn't pretty. It's called, if I get this right, the monster or the beast of Karim Banog. They meet him outside a cave. Tim, the enchanter, says, beware of the beast. And they look and they see this little bunny and they go, is it behind the bunny? And Tim, the enchanter, says, no, it is the bunny. They were warned. You've been warned. This isn't working very well. This clicker is terrible. And then they see it. The beast. And then this happens. I don't know if you can see that. The bunny savages everybody that is there. Absolutely decimates their numbers. There's knights all over the place. They're dead. It's not pretty. But in real life, This is real life now. We're really, really talking about real life. Bunnies should be feared. My mother-in-law lives on a street in the middle of Epsom. And one of her neighbors, about eight doors down, uh, a few months ago, bought four bunnies. And bunnies did as bunnies do, and they did. And four grew into eight. Uh, Eight grew into 16. 16 grew into, I don't know, 85, 100 or so. And they just went absolutely out of control. And so we went to her house the other day, and as soon as we showed up in there, four bunnies were in her front yard. Went out to the deck, four bunnies in her backyard, her vegetable patch absolutely decimated. Uh, and I said to her, Car, what's going on? Where are all these bunnies? And she told me about this completely sane person eight doors down the road who had let their bunnies go crazy uh, and overrun their house and their next door neighbor's house who was in on it, it is, they have terrorized the neighborhood. They've burrowed under trees. They've burrowed under lampposts. They've eaten everybody's uh, vegetables. Uh, They are causing havoc. There's been community meetings about this. The council can't do anything. Kids just come up and steal bunnies off the street and take them home. I was going to steal one and bring it here and give it away. That's how tempting it was. Uh, That's how out of control these bunnies have gotten. We should be afraid of bunnies. (laughs) Do you think so? No. Okay, maybe not. Maybe I'm kind of overstating it a little bit here. But fear of Easter, fear is something that is unexpected. I'm going to take that off the screen there. Why fear? Here we go. Fear is mentioned five times in our reading this morning. Fear of the guards, the guards were so afraid. There's the fear of the woman when they run away to find the disciples. Um, It says they are afraid and full of joy. The angel says to the woman, do not be afraid. Jesus says to the woman, do not be afraid. The guards, when they go to tell the chief priests everything that have happened, are clearly afraid that they're going to lose their lives for um, losing uh, or letting Jesus' tomb get raided and um, the body go missing. All right? If the report gets back to the Romans, they are in big trouble. Um, why all this talk of fear? Why all this talk of fear? Well, the reason is something supernatural has happened. Something supernatural has happened. And we often forget this about Easter. We, we know the story. We know it so well. And we forget that something out of this world has happened Firstly, we see the guards and initially the woman who is scared because of the presence of this angel from another dimension has come into visible reality, peeled back this reality and shown us what is there. You look at this imagery of a meteor shooting down from heaven like thunder, coming down with um, a a face and skin like lightning, with clothes as white as white can be, and then just as easily as anything, pushes away this giant stone over the way of the tomb uh, and just sits on top of it and kicks back. And it's like, hey, what's up? I'm the boss. Right? That's terrifying. Right. At this site, the Roman guards, and these guys aren't just like the security company. Right? These are soldiers, um, battle-hardened, used to living in um, an outpost of the empire with people who don't like them. Um, they are just brutal men, and they faint at the sight of what has just happened. Right? This, they faint at the sight of this angel breaking in from the heavenly realms and into visible reality. They become, it says, like dead men. And the same angel, who was clearly there for the benefit of the woman, he says to them, don't be afraid. And I love this guy. He's totally understated. Just don't be afraid. Uh, Okay, sure. Uh, He's so confident. Like If you're going to raid the tomb of your enemies and you show up wearing white clothes, you're pretty confident, right? You're not going to get your hands dirty. Something supernatural happens. Secondly, we see Jesus. Why is, Jesus has broken in again to the world. Jesus is the supernatural, the main supernatural occurrence here. Why should they be afraid of him? Because Jesus shouldn't be there. Like, we forget this, don't we? Jesus shouldn't be there on that morning for all natural accounts of this story. People don't go to the grave and then come back. But this is different. Because the way we enter and access into another dimension is shown through Jesus. It is supernaturally fearful because Jesus Christ has gone into the grave and walked out the other side. Jesus Christ has gone to, the, gone to the grave and shown his disciples and ultimately the world that there is a way through death. Jesus has shown that there is a way to life beyond life, a way to eternal life. Jesus, their teacher, their friend, the one who they knew so well, who they saw on Friday, bloodied, beaten, and crucified, and dead on the cross, is alive. Jesus was dead. Now he's alive. This should absolutely freak them out. This should freak us out a little bit. Right? We forget it, though, don't we? The resurrection should freak us out. It's not natural, at least from our perspective. Death should have the final say from our perspective. And we all know this. Well, Why? Well, according to the Bible, it is our rebellion and sin against God and His intentions for the world that has ruptured our relationship with our Creator, who is the source of life. And as we're disconnected from God, that fullness of life that only He can bring, and that we need perfect relationship to access, is ruptured. And so death and sickness come into the world. But that's where Jesus steps in. Jesus is God come to us. 100% man, 100% God, to live the perfect life, free from sin, so that we could uh, live the life that we could not live. And he did it on our behalf. He came to undo the sin and chaos of the world. Came to undo the death and sickness. Came to undo the destruction. And there are hints of this all the way through Jesus' life that point us to what's going to happen at Easter. As we read the historical accounts of Jesus' life in the Gospel stories in the Bible, we see of his perfect, sinless life. He begins to unravel the chaos of this world that we all know so well. And he starts to bring a new reality into this life. He heals people of their sickness. He raises people from the dead. He calms storms. He brings justice to relationships. Abundance of food to those who have none. Jesus, in Jesus' life and ministry, he was telling people and showing people what he was doing and what he was going to do at Easter. He was telling everyone and showing everyone that God was changing the way of this world from one of sin and death to one of life and freedom and restoration of relationship with God. In Mark 10 and Matthew 20, Jesus said that he came to give his life as a ransom for many, to ransom us from the power of sin, death, and sickness, and hell for God and his family and his kingdom. In John 2, Jesus says that he is the new place where relationship with God is restored. He is the place where sacrifice and atonement for sin is made. He is the bridge between God and humanity. He is the place where God dwells amongst people, and He is the place where true life can be found. Of course, anyone can just say these things, can't they? I could say them, Uh, but they wouldn't be true. Why should we believe Jesus? And people can do great things and start great movements, but it doesn't mean they're God. It doesn't mean they've got the power to give us eternal life. So why should we believe Jesus? Why is He different? St. Paul in the Bible says, Jesus was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by His resurrection from the dead. That Jesus was sinless, that Jesus was perfect, that the words that Jesus spoke were true, that the claims He made about Himself, that the claims He made about Himself having the ability to give us eternal life are proved true only because... Jesus was raised from the dead. Because he was sinless, death had no power over him. Because of the resurrection, it proves that the things Jesus said are true. It proves he wasn't crazy. He claimed to be God. He claimed to rescue us. And all this is true because he delivered on his promises. An account after account is recorded in the Bible where the people of the early church say that they've seen Jesus resurrected. They say they've talked with him. They've physically touched him. The resurrection was real. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, if it's not real, then we're just liars. If it's not real, we're all just fools. If it's not real, he says, we are the most of all to be pitied. All the disciples went to their deaths, penniless, without nothing in the world, because they refused to deny Jesus Christ had, raised from, had risen from the grave. So, why should we not fear? Well, because we remember Jesus' words. and Because his words have been proved true. Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus said that we can trust him. Jesus said that following him and being obedient to his life and his words truly brings life in all its fullness, not by living the way that our culture tells us. Jesus says that to truly gain life, we must turn away from the sin in our lives that bring destruction. We've got to die to that old life and let God into our hearts and our lives and by the power of the Holy Spirit be so transformed that it looks to everybody as if we've been born again as a new person. All this from simply believing in Jesus and putting our trust in him. Well, then why should we fear? Is there a reason to fear? Well, there is a reason to fear. And it's Jesus' words, which he proved to be true through the power of his resurrection his words that, we, that he says, "If you are not for me, you are against me." Jesus' words that he is the only way to God and eternal life. Jesus' words that he said he will come again to judge the world, and that those who are not humble and trusting in him, and responding appropriately to his death and resurrection, and putting their hope and trust in him, will one day hear God say, "Depart from me, for I never knew you." We should fear if we're like the soldiers. And we think about the soldiers, they were terrified because they had aligned themselves with those who had crucified Jesus. They had aligned themselves with those who were God's enemies and the enemies of the people of God. And so when the supernatural being shows up to the tomb of the man who said he was a prophet of God, not just a prophet of God, but also said he was God himself, and he was the guy that you and your mates crucified, and he shows up, this angel shows up from heaven, you would be terrified, and you would have every reason to be afraid. The reality is we are all spiritual beings. We are all looking for connection with our soul to something greater than ourselves. We all know that there is more to life than what we see and what we know now. Religion, meditation, mindfulness, other philosophies, all these different ways of trying to fulfill this need. Jesus says, I am the only way that you can be satisfied. I am the only way that you can have life and life to the fullest. It's only when we trust in Jesus' words and we hear him say, do not be afraid. Like he said to the woman on that first Easter morning, only then can we have the sure hope that these words are true and our our fear can be dispelled. My girls can try and tell me, don't be afraid, Daddy, if if I'm genuinely afraid of something. Um, But it won't have much impact on me. They're gorgeous and they're wonderful, um, but they don't have a bigger view of things that I'm afraid of. Um, And uh, they don't... Uh, excuse me, their words don't have the power often to stop me from being afraid of things that are truly worth being afraid of. But my, my girls come to me in the middle of the night and say, Dad, I'm afraid of the dark. I can say, It's okay, sweetie. I've been here before. I know what's out there. You don't need to be afraid. My words have power and my words have meaning to them. It's only when we hear the words, Do not be afraid from the right person, who has the right power to tell us not to be afraid, that our fear is truly dispelled. Jesus is the one who says, do not be afraid. You're spiritually lost. You're stuck in sin. You can't, by your own effort, live the life you were created to. But don't be afraid, because I've done it for you. Trust in me. Trust in what I've already done for you, and I will save you and he didn't just say it he proved it by walking through the grave and conquering death only jesus can have this power and so the question is then where will you put your trust today in yourself in your own effort in making a life as best you can and hoping for the best Perhaps you'll put in your hope in the things of this culture: money, career, getting a house, getting a house in Auckland, securing your retirement, living in the now and being true to yourself. Or will you put your trust in Jesus? The one who said, "I created life. I came to save you." from your life that is running you into the ground. I came to give you purpose and a quality of life beyond what you could know. Jesus who said, I came that you might have life and life to the fullest, not only here, but for eternity. If you've never responded to those words of Jesus, do not be afraid. If you've never trusted in Jesus before, there's no better decision that you can make. And there's no better time to make that decision than now. On Easter Day, when we see most vividly the truth, the tangible truth that Jesus is who he says he is, that he and only he can give us eternal life, because only he has conquered sin and death once and for all, all we have to do is trust and believe. Let's pray. Jesus, we we thank you that you love us in not just words, but in action. You love us in going to the cross and dying for us. But this love is full and hopeful precisely because you rose from the dead three days later. We can trust in your love. We can trust in your hope. We can trust in the fact of eternal life and the conquering of sin and death that is only found in you. Because you live, you are not dead. You are alive. So God, work in our hearts. Work in our lives. Help us to say yes to you and constantly hear those words. Do not be afraid. Amen.